Hey, welcome back. Um, this is the Model Parenting Podcast. My name is David. My name is Farah. Hey, Farah. Um, okay, so um, the kind of rest of what we're going to do in season one, as we wrap up, we've got four or five more episodes we're going to do. Um, we're going to focus primarily on some parenting philosophy and strategy things that we have used in our model-driven environment. So um, we're, we're not going to really um, you know, expand anymore on the uh, values-driven environment or the, the worldview values, behavior circles, or you know, those kind of things. Um, most of that, if we have a season two, I think we'll come out in season two as we talk about how people are interacting with this. So, and different people are doing it in different ways, yeah. Right, so um, just kind of a, a gentle reminder there. If you're interested in doing a season two and want to talk to us about how you've interacted with this information, um, shoot us an email, shoot us a text, say, hey, I'd, I'd love to, to talk to you guys and, and be interviewed. And we can kind of come up with what that content would look like um, for a season two. So, um, Also, we, we love wrestling it out with people. So if they, if they are working on theirs and they want us to, you know, ask questions to draw, draw information out for each other or whatever, we're still open to, to doing that. So. Right. Same thing if you want to do a, a small group or um, if you want us to, to interact with some uh, group of yours and talk this information, introduce some of the ideas or go through some of the resources that we've got together, um, shoot us an email, shoot us a text. Um, or if you just want to hang out and have dinner and talk about it, feel free. We love to, we love to do that. So um, what we're going to talk about tonight, um, well, today, because I don't really know what time of day you're listening to it, um, what we're going to talk about in this episode is uh, being great, um, G-R-E-A-T, great, and um, it's difficult to to get your head around what it takes to be great, and um, if it's kind of a weird thing to say, hey, I, I want to be a great parent, or I want to be great at whatever it is, a great employee, a great uh, spouse, a great uh, baseball player. This this idea of great and the word, if you haven't read what's online, if you don't see it, um, it's actually, a, what's that called? An, an acronym? acronym? An acronym. Yep, I have, so a, really, a, weird I have a buddy and she's going to be stoked about this acronym. An acronym is kind of hard to put together. like the. I mean, but you're that, supposed to use it because it You're supposed to use it. It starts with an A, right, I get it. <laughs> um but uh, GREAT is an acronym, um, and we're, we're going to tell you what each one of the letters stands for. This started um, with my oldest son because he, he really wants to be a great player. He wants to play golf, and kind of his dream is to play tour-level golf, and we'll talk about dreams in a couple episodes. Um, but I, I talked to him and said, okay, hey, if you want to be great, if you want to be a great player, here's some things you have to do in order – to achieve greatness in that arena. And um, most of us, I, I think, and, and Farron, I can probably agree on this, we don't feel like great parents most of the time. No. Most of the time, we kind of feel like we're getting it wrong. And um, Farron, I have a lot of conversation just, uh, you know, hey, we totally messed that one up. Or, you know, you don't feel like a great parent. And it seems weird to target being a great parent because that's not something I think anybody's ever going to come up and say, hey, you're a great parent. I mean, um, I have had people come and say, hey, your kids are great, or we really enjoy your kids, but I don't think I've ever in our 18 years of being a parent that anybody's ever come up and said, hey, you're a great parent, because it's just, it's just a weird um, arena to try and pursue greatness, um, because it's a pretty um, thankless job being uh, a parent. So 
Um, it, it, it seems weird to bring that into this arena, but uh, I think as we talk about it, it's going to make sense, and you're going to be like, oh, okay, hey, I, th- I think I can wrap my head around that. Um, I don't think that it's articulated very often that you say, I want to be a great parent. Maybe people do, but I do think it's subliminal. Like, I think there's that, you know, hope, that, okay. I don't know, desire or something. I don't yeah, know. And we'll flesh that out as we get into it. So um, one of the places we wanted to start was when the disciples were arguing about being great um, and who would be the greatest in the kingdom. Um, and I'm going to ask Farrah, I didn't tell her to pull it up beforehand, but I wanted her to pull up Luke not like as I have typed out on our sheet, <laughs> but pull up like, oh yeah, you do have it. Luke like. <laughs> nine forty six through forty eight. Yeah, I, I mistyped that. That should be Luke, not like. So, but Luke nine forty six through forty eight, and um, the Jesus and the disciples were traveling somewhere, and during their travels, they the disciples kind of started arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom, and. Um, Jesus stopped in, in this passage to ask him, so, okay, hey, what were you guys arguing about? And the disciples kind of sheepishly told them. So Fair's going to read that, okay, that passage ready? for us. Yeah. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. So Jesus does something incredible here that I think, I mean, I know Jesus did it on purpose. Now, none of the disciples were parents. None of them had kids. I mean, we don't. That, that we know of. Sorry, I can't say Some that. of them were married. Right. I can't say that definitively, but they didn't. But um, most of them were following around Jesus, and, and they weren't. We don't hear or see much of their parent interactions. But in this context of greatness, Jesus brings in a child and says, hey, be like this child. If you receive this child, if you accept this child in my name and you love this kid, then you're loving me. So I think us as parents, the pursuit of greatness really does start with this idea that Jesus, that, that we serve our children, that we, um, I'm not, sorry, I'm not saying that we're secondary to our children, but that we're, we acknowledge that they are, that if we serve them, we're serving Christ, that if we love them and accept them as a gift from God, that we are honoring God and honoring Christ in that acceptance and loving. So in order to be great, it, it, we have to become servants and become less. I really like the way you have it written on the paper. No, how do I have it written on the paper? <laughs> Accepting the child in Jesus' name is an act of service and humility. There you go. Accepting the child in Jesus' name is. And I think that's like children interrupt agendas a lot of times. And if we can accept them either the, the moment that we first find out that they're about to come into our lives or if we can accept them when they come in and, you know, interrupt us cooking right. <laughs> in Jesus' name, that's an act of service. And but I think we as parents get caught in the same place as the disciples were, and, and I've got it here, that we get caught in this parent trap of comparison. That's what I was talking about earlier. That's what you're talking yeah. about right there. Mm-hmm. We get caught in that trap of comparison and comparing ourselves as parents to other people as parents. And the disciples were in that, that moment of they were comparing, okay, hey, here's what I've done for this cause, and here's what I've done for this cause. And they're trying to stack up against each other. Relative to the world around relative them. Relative to the world around them. And ultimately it was Jesus saying, hey, that, that, that doesn't matter. 
What matters is that you accept this child or whoever it is in my name that you are doing things to serve the kingdom for me. It's got nothing to do with with what you can take credit for. It's what you're doing for me. So the idea of being a parent to the glory of God, being a parent, humbly accepting that responsibility to say, I am doing this to honor God, to honor Christ, that's where greatness starts. Um, and comparing ourselves is the enemy um, because we will never measure up. We will always look at people, whether either side of the spectrum, if you look at people and say, I'm not as good a parent as them, okay, that's the enemy, and that's a version of pride to, to self-focus and say, I'm not good enough. Or if we look the other way and say, oh, well, I'm a way better parent than they are, that's also pride. It, it's just opposite ends of the spectrum. Neither one of them are about serving our kid for the glory of God. Right. So, But I think the, the service goes to God is what you were, tr- you were getting worried about because you don't want the kid to be the king, and you don't want right. to be the king yourself. Right. The, the point is that king. we're trying to serve, serve our kids for the glory of God because right. that, that demonstrates our ability to lay down our life just like Jesus laid down his life and serve someone else. Um, so, but getting caught in that, in that comparison trap is going to rob us of the ability to be great. And enjoy. And enjoy. So, um, now here's the deal. If I look at another parent and, and I can acknowledge, hey, they are trying to serve their kid the best that they can, then I'm not going to judge that parent. I'm also not going to judge myself against what that parent's doing. Right. So we, we've told you all along, we are not the model. We, we don't want you to model your lives after us and do everything we do and because your kids aren't my kids. You, you can't live life like we live life because you have different kids and God has given you a different assignment. So your ability to be great as a parent is going to be demonstrated through your ability to serve and love your kid. Um, so I think this passage in, in Luke is very significant to us as we start this um, concept and conversation about greatness because I really do as a parent, I want my greatness to be a demonstration of the love I have for God. I, I, want, to, I want my kids to see that. I want them to feel served and loved and encouraged not because they're the most important thing in my life, but because that's what Jesus has told me to do, and I am demonstrating my love for God through my children. Um, and that, that's what Jesus, I think, is trying to teach his disciples. Um, so we don't, and we try, we try our best, we try not to parent for any kind of affirmation. We're not looking for affirmation from the outside world to say, hey, you're doing it right. We didn't start this podcast so people would start texting us and calling us and saying, hey, man, what you're doing is amazing. It really has nothing to do with that. We, we really wanted to steal the enemy's thunder in some of the lies and stuff that he he creeps in and says. Right. We wanted our children to feel and know the presence of God in their life, and that's why we started this journey the way that we did. We wanted that relationship. We wanted them to learn a biblical worldview. We wanted to them to see who God was demonstrated. Now, we don't get it perfect. We don't get it right. We are not saying that we are like Jesus and we can walk this earth perfectly like he did. Please do not hear that. But we don't necessarily get caught up in other people's affirmations. So as a parent, one of the most freeing things I can tell you is greatness is nothing to do with an external perception as much as it is your demonstration of loving God through your children. So no one outside of your life can tell you whether you're a great parent or not. 
So if you're looking for affirmation outside of the world, then that you're going, it's going to fall short and you're not going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish in the relationships with your kids. So that's where we're starting. So with that as the backdrop, with greatness being this idea of, of servanthood and loving our kids. And not what the world calls greatness. And not what the world calls greatness. This is a different lens. Let's talk about what it means to be a great parent. Dive into the acronym. Right, dive into the acronym. Now, again, I think this applies in a, in a multitude of areas in your life. It can be to be a great employee, the same principles apply. To be a great um, athlete, the same principles apply. I have used it to be a great daughter in the right. last little bit. Right. So we've had it. All, of, all of these principles apply wherever you're trying to achieve greatness. And again, I'm defining greatness a little differently than the world would be. I'm not talking about fame and fortune. I'm talking about being great through what God has gifted you to do. Um, so um, greatness, the G in greatness stands for goals. Um, so I think to be great, you have to clearly define your goals. What do you want to accomplish? So for us, our model uh, of parenting really defined our goals. We wanted relationships with our kids. We wanted them to know um, God and have a biblical worldview. So our values really helped establish and clarify our goals. So our model that we've been talking about for this entire podcast really helps set and clarify our goals. So um, if you're... If you're trying to be a great employee, I think you've got to define what that greatness means. Are you are you trying to be the the best salesman? Are you trying to be um, the most compassionate nurse? Are you trying to be the best school teacher? Whatever, however you want to define those goals, I think you need to have clearly three or four goals that you're trying to accomplish. Now we're we're talking about in a parenting context. I think you need to have clear goals of what you're trying to accomplish with your kid. Because I think most of us are looking for obedience, um, behavior, um, success. We, we talk about we want to raise successful humans, and we don't want them to need us anymore. And and a lot of times, I think there's that tendency to, to have the goal be the affirmation of the child. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily wanting the affirmation for yourself, but you are wanting the world to affirm your child. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not a good goal no. either. No. I, but that's one of those trap goals. <laughs> right. Success, you know, being successful at something, either school or sports. Um, a lot of parents get caught up because that becomes their goal and they're chasing the sports and, and putting a lot of time and effort and energy into that and they get mad and frustrated and angry. I've read multiple books and articles about how bad we as parents do in children's sports. And most of the reason kids get out of sports is because of the way we as parents um, engage them in those sports. So um, that I, I don't think for Dax, our goal with Dax was never for him to be a college golfer or be a professional golfer. That wasn't our goal. He's got a dream to do that, so we want to help him chase that dream. But that wasn't his goal. His Our goal was to have a relationship with him. Our goal was to, when he encountered things, that he would talk to us and we had influence in his life and that as he leaves our home, that he's got a biblical worldview and a basis to be able to um, combat the enemy's lies in his life through the rest of his life. So, And I will say, I read a book a few years ago, and that's going to be our resource tonight, but a goal for me became starting to imagine all of them standing before the throne in eternity. So it, it even went past this life and just thinking with an eternal lens as well. Um, so... Um, the first step in being great, I think, is defining your goals and making sure you have a clear that, that they're goals that are going to help um, move your family forward. Um, so 
I think to be a great parent, you got to have goals. You got to know where you're going. If your model helps define that, I think that's helpful. But if you haven't gotten that far in your model, I think you can still do some goal setting um, outside of having the values, the shared values and those kind of things. I think you can start to do some goals and, and clearly articulate those in your family. Um, the R in great stands for responsibilities. Um, this is huge. Um, I talk to high school kids about this a lot. Um, I used to be a chaplain for a football team, and, and um, I would talk about this concept with them. Um, so let's, let's take into the context of uh, a high school football team. If you're a football player, what are your responsibilities? Your responsibilities are to do what you got to do at home, to, to listen to your parents, do your chores and those kind of things, do your, do your studies, got to keep up with your grades, you, you got to show up at practice, um, you got to eat right and, and stay healthy, um, and you got to do the exercises and, and practice and those kind of things. So um, th those are your responsibilities. So if you start taking on additional responsibilities, so like you, you've got a job, okay, well, there's more responsibilities, all right? Or, you know, I've got to um, hang out with my buddies and, and help them do this, that, and the other thing. Well, okay, that, that's a good thing, but now you're adding multiple responsibilities and you're starting to spread yourself thin and you are going to miss being great by taking on responsibility a lot of times for things that you shouldn't. And I think this is where we as parents kind of fall is we say yes to a lot of good things, but because we say yes to good things, we're saying no to great things. So um, I'm, I might get a little um, stepping on some toes here, and I don't mean to, um, but I think um, church culture a lot of times um, creates additional busyness on top of what we do. There's a lot of opportunities to serve and volunteer, and I think all of them are worthwhile and all of them are helpful. Um, but I think a lot of times it pulls us away from our family to do and serve in those capacities when that's not our responsibility. Um, if there's things we can do as a family that help us grow as a family, then yeah, sure, let's, let's get all in. I think our church, we, we do a serve day and we go out as a family and we can serve in the community and do service projects and those kind of things. I think those are fantastic. Um, but pulling and going to different services and those kind of things and not attending church with your kid or going to a different church because you're serving at some other, I, I just, I think we as parents have to start to learn and model for our kids how to say no to good things. All those things are good, but we take on way too much busyness and responsibilities that we shouldn't have. So I, th I think to be great and be great as a parent, you have to define your, what are your responsibilities? What are you responsible for? Well, you've got to take care of your family. You've got to make sure that you're paying your bills and putting food on the table. And um, you've got to <clears throat> spiritually invest in your kid. And <clears throat> you've got to do these things that you're, you have absolute responsibilities that no one else on the planet can do. So those are your responsibilities that you say yes to and then some of these other things, it, it's no. I read a book several years ago, um, Good to Great. And in that book, he talks a lot about good is the enemy of great. Um, because we do a lot of good things that don't help us and perpetuate us towards being great. Want to caveat something to add there? Yeah, and we have struggled with this. Like, this has been something that we've struggled with early in our marriage and early, you know, early when the kids were little. Um, because... David and I want to step in, especially where there's lack of someone filling in a gap. Um, and it's okay to let that gap sit there and let somebody eventually move into that role 
especially in social circles and that kind of thing, it's okay to not fill in the gaps just because you can. To right. really prioritize is crucial. So my responsibility started, and, and this this came to me, God revealed this to me mostly through my job, but the only thing that God had given me, God made me a husband and a father. That's the only things that God had, had specifically given to me. And why do I say that? Because only God can steer the human heart. And Farah, Farah's heart was turned towards me and loved me and said, yes, we're going to be married. So God, God orchestrated that to steer both of our hearts together. Secondly, only God can create and sustain life. And he created three lives that he gave to Farah and I. So those are my responsibilities. I start there. So if, if it doesn't impact those roles as a husband and a father, okay, then it's something that I can look at. But if it impacts my ability to be a husband and a father, then that's not my responsibility, and I need to see if that's something I need to say no to. Now, there are moments that God is going to teach us stuff and take us through seasons that we need to be involved in some things. And, but we're going to clearly know that from God if we're walking with God, and we're going to know and understand, okay, yep, that, that's hey, as a family, we're going to step into this, and this is time that I'm going to devote to that because it's important. That's what God is, is asking and, and allowing me to do in this season. So um, parents just... Be clear about your responsibilities and understand that it's okay to say no. And it's okay to say no to some good things. And, yep, I think people are going to get upset and people are going to get frustrated with you. Um, but And you might struggle <coughs> with a little FOMO sometimes. You but might it's struggle okay. with a little FOMO. But um, That's fear I, of missing I do out. want to be a great parent. So I'm okay saying no to some things so that I can say yes to my kids and yes to my wife and yes to our family achieving the things that we've wanted and set up to achieve. So. And sometimes when we say no, it's just for a season. We can say no, we can say yes later. Right. But. Right. All right. So the E stands for effort. Um, you control your effort. Um, this, the, the main thing I wanted to say on this is this is usually impacted by the responsibilities we take on. Um, a, a lot of times I think our kids get our leftovers. They get our leftover effort at the end of the day when we're done and I get it parents we, we have to work we put in a lot of time and effort and energy doing that um, we've got volunteer things we're helping out with ball practice we're cooking meals we're doing all those things I get it um, but I don't think our kids deserve our our leftovers at the end of the day I think they deserve our best that's what God has given them to us and I think we need to give them our best what does that look like I think most people um, have a a spot of time that they are the most creative, the most active, the, their brain's functioning at the highest level. Some people are morning people, some people are night people, you know, whatever those are. Whenever those moments are, even if your kid's in bed and you're, you're a high-functioning individual at night and that's when your brain turns on, do some planning then. Plan and organize and orchestrate how you're going to engage your child in those moments. If you're a middle-of-the-day person, then on your lunch breaks, instead of just going and, and running errands, sit down with a sandwich at your desk and say, okay, hey, here's the three things I'm going to do with my kid this week and plan them out and make sure that you've got the resources and supplies and those kind of things to do that. So in those situations, your kid's going to get your best effort. They're going to get your preparation. They're going, and, and it's a whole lot easier to get that effort when it's already planned and you just got to pick up the bag or pick up the Ziploc baggie of things or you've already got it planned out and you know what you're going to do. And you can just step into it, and you don't have to think and create when you're tired. So whatever those things are, allow that effort. Give your kids your best effort when you can. 
it's not every day. You don't have to do it every day, but find those moments and steal those moments for your children because they're worth it. If you want to be a great parent, that's the kind of effort I think that you need to put in and you're in control of your effort. That, that's, we talk about attitude and effort in our house all the time. Um, effort is something we control that we have in charge. We have charge over. That's why we focus on it because I can't focus on results because results aren't always in my control, but my effort is. Um, the next one, a attitude, um, attitude is always under our control as well. That is a choice. Attitude is a choice. Um, so in parenting, I would recommend choose your attitude before engaging with your kids. So if your kid is an early riser and if you have young children, I have no idea why, but young children don't sleep past 6am. Don't know why. Never, never understood it, but they get up at 6am. Now during school weeks, they get up at like, they, they can't get up. Then on Saturday morning, 6am, they're coming banging on your door. Um, so that's my attitude has not been great a lot of times when my kids come in at six o'clock in the morning and I want to sleep in on a Saturday, right? Um, so choosing our attitude, we're choosing it the night before, we're choosing it, we're getting up at 5.30 because we want to choose our attitude and we want to be ready for our kid in those moments. So a lot of this, again, we talked about uh, last week that our values kind of train us in denying ourselves. These these effort and attitude things, we're denying ourselves to give our kids our best attitude, to give our kids our best effort so that they can see that they are worth it. Why? Because we want to be great. Why? Because we want to reflect Christ. We want to invest our life through our children in honor and glory to Christ. So um, I think that's a, a huge opportunity for parents. I don't care if you got a teenager and you know you got some tension coming up, their grades are bad, and you saw the grade report, you got an email or whatever, Choose your attitude before you step into that issue. There's conflict, and when you have conflict, you can still choose your attitude and have a good, positive attitude before you engage that kid. You want to add something? To that? Well, yeah, I didn't have much to add until I heard you talk <laughs> when oh. I just looked at the outline. Oh. But for effort and attitude, I have these little blogs that are extra encouragements, and they're um, the the website is Playtime, and it stands for Purposed, Linked, Anticipated Time. And the things that I've gotten the most feedback from from people is using those those times when you're clear-headed to plan for sick days, which is effort. You're using a clear-headed non-sick day to go ahead and plan a sick day and put it in the cabinet. And I'll, I'll link these into the notes. I didn't realize I was going to do that, but... Um, but a lot of people don't realize that we don't have access to our full brains and full blood flow when we are in a stressed moment. And so you can't think as clearly because your blood flow is not there. But if you have a printed plan, like David's talking about, and you've done that in a clear-headed moment, then you can step into that. If you have a schedule for a sick day and you know what you're going to do when the kid starts running a fever in the middle of the night, and you don't have to think about it when you're tired because they woke up, you're going to function much better because you're not following, you're not depending on half your brain. You've, you've used your brain to plan. And that is just like choosing your attitude. Colossians 3 talks about setting your mind, and this is what you're doing. You're setting your mind just like you would set an alarm clock or just like you would, you know, write out a strategy. You're setting it. So I know several of you that listen are strategists and you think, um, bring that into your family, bring that into your time with your kids, um, and, and move towards being great. 
that. So um, the T is teachable. Um, what are you doing to outgrow your kids? Ironically, unironically, um, the next episode we're going to record, we're actually going to record when we finish doing this one and, and put them both up at the same time, is we're going to talk about outgrowing your kids. And we're going to talk about what that means. But um, are you teachable as a parent? Are you learning from your kids? Are you learning um, about your kids? Are you studying your kids like like we talked about? Um, fair enough consistently have mentors in our life that we're asking questions about the next phase of life. Um, so we're, Dax is about to go off to college. We, we talk to people about, hey, what does it look like when they go off to college? How can I best support them and encourage them and let them do their things and make their mistakes and encourage them to, um, to circle back to things? So um, learning from people that are ahead of you, um, reading books about different phases. There's, there's a book on every phase of life for whatever type of child, gender, any of those kind of things. Um, usually if you need to know something on a topic, then, um, be, you can find it and you can read and be teachable about that. And even if you don't agree with what a book says, it's still teaching you something because it's making you think through that topic and debate it with yourself and therefore you're growing. Right. And, um, also be teachable in this arena, particularly, um, be teachable by your kids. Let your kids teach you things. Let them show you things. Let them, um, Corwin comes home and she made a game up today and she, she was me a game. teaching fair of the game and fair can sit there and be teachable, um, in those moments and learn that that's a great exercise for them. I don't care how old they are. They can teach you something. Let them teach you about whatever they're interested in. A, you're going to learn more about them. It's going to create some, um, shared memories, but it's going to bond you together and you're going to learn things and outgrow your kid and say, hey, I didn't even know they were into that. There have been moments that our kids were teaching, like, like paintball. Cole is, is, loves doing paintball. He learned so much, and he taught me about different you know, guns and, and speeds and, and courses and different and types of things masks. and face masks. <laughs> and, and he learned all this information, and he taught me. So I was able to engage and learn some things and stay ahead of my kid in a little bit so I could go get some things and some gear for us to do that that activity um, a little more fun and excited for him. So, all right, that's great. Um, just to recap, G is goals, R is responsibilities, E is effort, A is attitude, and T is teachable. Um, so if you want to be great, doesn't matter what area of your life, those five principles apply. And if you do those things, you will achieve greatness in that. And, again, greatness is not um, – being lauded from the mountaintops and everybody telling you how amazing you are. It's really serving God the way that you were built um, in that arena and, and glorifying God through that opportunity. So um, I think Fair's got an activity and a resource for us uh, on this episode, and yeah. then we can wrap it up. Our connection activity is to daydream a little bit with your kids about what they're going to look like when they're parents. And if you're brave, take 30 minutes or an hour however long you can tolerate it and let them pretend and role play to be the parent and let you be the child and, um, or just ask them, what are some things that you're going to definitely do when you're a dad or when you're a mom? Um, even with boys, I think people do this a lot naturally with girls. Um, but some of my favorite moments learning from my boys were just listening to them talk about what they were going to do when they were dads. And our resource is actually a marriage book, but it is what I consider one of my favorite parenting resources. It's You and Me Forever, 
by Francis and Lisa Chan. And really, if you can't read the whole book, the intro and the first chapter were extremely hard for me to read the first time I read them. And if I hadn't been reading them with a friend, I probably would have put the book down because it did that. It did that thing. It walked. It walked me through thinking about um, when David and when the kids were standing before the throne after they died. And I couldn't think about them dying, you know, long enough to really <laughs> let that sink in. But as I practiced that over the years, it has been crazy influential. So, the, And I've read that intro and that first chapter multiple times, so that's our resource for today because that is the major goal. The major goal is to get to that point well. All right. Okay, so that's uh, episode 14. Um and that's our encouragement to be great parents. And if you're listening to this, I'm just going to encourage you. Um, you're probably doing a lot of these things. You're probably doing a lot of things to be a great parent. Um, I just wanted to encourage you and give you some handlebars and some things that maybe help you remember on a day-to-day basis um, what your what your goals and your targets are um, to invest in your life, the, kid, the lives of your kids. So, um, like I said, we're going to record the next episode, so you guys should be able to pop right into that one. Um, if you have any questions, comments, shoot us a text or you can email us at modelparentingpodcast at gmail.com. And um, look forward to hearing from you guys. Take care.